Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Well, hello and welcome to episode eight of Talking Shop, the podcast all about Photoshop. I'm Dave Cross. In this episode, we're going to talk about giving yourself permission, permission to learn and permission to experiment. Recently, I sent out a questionnaire to people on my email list, people who are both members of my training website and also people who are just on that list and asked them a couple of questions. One of them was, what is the biggest challenge for you in learning Photoshop or getting better at Photoshop? And the two most common answers were time and also remembering. So let's address those separately. First of all, let's talk about time. One of the things that I hear people say quite often when they're attempting to learn Photoshop is, gosh, I just don't have as much time as I'd like to learn everything because there's so much to learn. They often equate time with how much there is to learn in Photoshop or there's so many things that they need to learn. And I would argue that, yeah, Photoshop's a pretty immense program, but there's really some key concepts that you need to start with. And the first one would be don't look at the toolbox and go, oh my gosh, there's so many tools. How will I ever learn them all? You may not learn them all. And frankly, you may not need to learn them all. I've talked about this in other podcasts and discussions, and that is that there's a, a small subset of tools that we actually use every day. So if you look at every single tool in the toolbox and think, gosh, I've got to learn all of those. When will I find the time? Well, I'm going to suggest that you don't need to worry about that. For example, if you looked at all the tools that could be considered retouching tools in Photoshop, yeah, there's a bunch of them, but there are some tools that have been around for a long time and continue to be there, mostly because Adobe has this philosophy of not removing any tools from the toolbar. So you can focus your attention on just the two or three main retouching tools like the healing brush and the patch tool and the clone stamp, for example, and not worry so much about every little tool and every little setting. The other thing that I would say about the issue of time is I've often watched people work and Matt Kloskowski and I talked about this last week in the podcast was people seem to find time as photographers to practice with their camera, but don't find the time to practice with Photoshop. So one of the ways that I've suggested for many years to get around that is to experiment just for like seven or eight seconds. And I think I talked about this in one of the early episodes of the podcast as well, is if you do a technique where you very often go down this path of doing several steps where you do, you duplicate the layer and then you do this and then you use a particular filter, like say the Gaussian blur filter, then one of the times when you're doing that, just take a little sideways trip and say, I wonder what would happen if I tried motion blur instead or the path blur or some, just try something different. You may not like the results and you may end up going back to that Gaussian blur that you've always done, but at least you've taken a few seconds to experiment and you're not faced with this, oh, there's so many steps involved and I've, I've got to find the time to do it. You just found a few seconds in your everyday work to try something different. Just go down a path and see what happens. It might what might happen is that you might not like the results for this particular situation, but you kind of look at it and go, hmm, I'm going to make note of that because that's something that I might use in some other project because I kind of like the way that filter looks or that this layer style interacts with the background or whatever it might be. But, but you'll only know that if you try it. 
And one of the things that I think goes along with this is we have to remember that learning anything is a process. It's going to take time. At the beginning, it can be frustrating and, and awkward. Everyone has, I'm sure, heard the expression where somebody said a long time ago that change is painful. So that by nature, learning a program like Photoshop, you're changing a whole bunch of things that you didn't know about. So you should go in with the expectation that it is going to take some time. It takes Learning takes effort. It's going to tire us out by the time we try different things. So that way, that's why I'm saying if you cut it into smaller chunks where just take some time, take a few moments, open any random photograph and just make a selection and try something and duplicate the layer and add a layer style and try a blend mode, not because you have any end result in mind, but you just want to see what happens. Uh, I, I'm a big believer in the power of experimentation. And this is a perfect example of that is just by being okay with taking a few minutes, not a huge amount of time. I realize we don't all have hours of time available to us, but just take a few moments and try something different. Do that little seven or eight second experiment and just kind of make mental note, or if you need to write it down and think, uh, gotta remember that for the future. As I said before, learning can be a very daunting thing to look at something as big as Photoshop. Now, some of you may know that as a hobby, I've sung for many years in a barbershop group in a chorus, and I don't read music. I've, I've never been able to, and luckily for me, I've been able to continue singing and learning because we get these amazing learning tracks where you just listen, and for me, that's uh, the best way to learn a piece of new music. But sometimes when I listen to the entire song, I'm just like, wow, that's a really complex song. How on earth am I going to remember all of those notes and all of those words? Well, my approach is very much the same as I've been talking about. Instead, I think about little pieces at a time and think, hey, let me first get this first couple of phrases, work on that a little bit and cut it down into more manageable pieces. So I don't, I'm not looking at this huge goal of learning this entire three or four minute song. I'm thinking about learning little segments of it and that's going to be a whole lot easier. And eventually, with some effort, I'm able to put the whole thing together. And thankfully, being able to stand up there with my chorus mates and get through the entire song, and sometimes a song that, frankly, at first glance, I never really thought I'd be able to master because it just seemed like such an incredible amount of work. But by cutting it down into smaller, manageable pieces, it actually wasn't anywhere near as hard as I thought it would be at first glance. Remembering things in Photoshop was probably the number one answer that people gave as their their challenge. And it's one of those things where I've often felt like part of it comes down to giving yourself permission because it is hard to remember things. There's so much in Photoshop to remember. So give yourself permission to be curious and experiment, as I mentioned a moment ago. Give yourself permission to ask yourself some questions like, well, I, I know that a layer mask works this way. So what would happen if I applied adjustment layer and inverted the mask than if I painted with white? So you're not trying to remember 15 steps to get to some end result. Instead, all you're trying to remember is a key concept like a mask works this way or the quick selection tool works that way or something of that nature. And I think it's a lot easier to remember bits and pieces than it is trying to remember a whole series of steps. 
a lot of times people ask me about, well, what's the best workflow for this or the best workflow for that? And I'm my first answer is, well, whatever works best for you. But I don't know that I would necessarily say that in every single photograph, I have a very specific process that I go through. I think about looking at the photograph and go, oh, this one needs a bit of work in this area. And what would be the best approach to take to do that? So I suppose that's workflow to some degree, but maybe not just in the, shall we call it the traditional concept of what people think of when they say workflow. Now, if someone really pressed me and said, but you must have some kind of a workflow. Well, okay, I start and do as much of my work in camera raw as I possibly can and open that as a smart object in Photoshop so I can continue to access the raw processing power of camera raw. But beyond that, I mean, I might have a few presets that I apply here and there, but for the most part, every photograph is different. If I have a whole series of photographs taken under the same conditions that require the same kind of help, then yes, I would try and adjust one photograph to make it look the way I wanted and then do kind of a batch result in bridge where I would select the rest of the photographs and say, apply my previous settings from camera raw and then look at each one a little more close and say, okay, in this one, I can back off these settings or in this one, I might need to go into Photoshop and use the spot healing brush on a separate layer to do something or something of that nature. So yes, there's going to be some kind of a process that I go through, but to me, it's more about having a good, solid understanding of key techniques like adjustment layers and masks and smart filters and smart objects. In episode two of the podcast, I talked at length about the benefits of working non-destructively. And one of them was the ability to go down a path and try things, knowing that the structure of your document lets you experiment and try different settings and different combinations of filters and masks and whatever it might be, knowing that you have complete control over every single element of it. So that's a huge part of the learning process to me is setting yourself up for success by creating a structure of document that lets you have that permission to try things. I'm going to talk a little bit more about permission to experiment right after this. It's time for the tip of the week. Well, I've got an oldie but a goodie for you this week for the tip of the week. It's a quick one, but it's very useful and really goes with our discussion today about permission to experiment. And that is in just about any dialog box where you see a cancel button. If you what you really want to do is just start over again rather than cancel out of that dialog box and then reopen it. Hold down the option key on the Mac, Alt for PC, and that cancel button changes to reset, which allows you to stay in that dialog box, but start over again. That's a great way to experiment. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses, and live Q&A sessions, learningphotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. Many years ago, in my early days of teaching Photoshop, I had one of my all-time favorite students because she just had a really interesting way of thinking. Everything to her was an adventure. She loved poking around in Photoshop. And in fact, she even made up names for all the tools because she didn't like the names that Photoshop gave them. So she made up her own. <laughs> Some of them made sense and others not so much. But one of the things that, that she talked about was trying things and along the way, coming up with happy accidents where it wasn't at all what she had in mind, but 
when she tried something, giving herself permission to just go down that path and see what happened, something occurred that she's like, wow, that's really interesting. Not all what I expected might not be perfect for this situation. But now that I know that works, I'll keep that in mind for some future situation. And again, going back to our discussion of remembering, it didn't mean that she had to remember 12 steps. It was just remembering that, you know, if you have this color on a layer and you change the blend mode to this blend mode, this is the kind of result you get. So I'm going to keep that concept in mind, that overall key concept, that one thing that's a lot easier to remember. So along that lines, that that concept of giving yourself permission to experiment. I mentioned one in that tip of the week, which is the ability to look in a dialogue box and know that you can try all kinds of things because at worst, you can always either cancel out of it or reset. Another example is many dialogue boxes have a preview checkbox. So if you're in something like layer styles and you're not sure what the result is going to look like, just uncheck that preview to show you the original and then turn it back on again is a great way to see the results. One of my favorite examples, of permission to experiment. To me, it's one of the biggest reasons for using smart objects in Photoshop is a smart filter where you know you can try some filter settings knowing you can always come back and just double click on it to re-edit it. So that way, speaking of remembering, you don't have to remember I have to make sure I use these exact settings with this filter in this circumstance. Instead, you can apply some setting, overdo it if you need to, knowing you can come back and try something else a little bit later on. So I know this doesn't really change the fact that, yes, there's a lot to remember in Photoshop, but I really believe if you focus on those key concepts, instead of trying to remember what are the 12 steps I need to do, which which is the best tool to use, find a tool that you like, find some key functions that work well for you, like smart objects, smart filters, adjustment layers, masking, and just really focus at least initially on those key techniques. And I think you'll find, especially if you give yourself permission to experiment and time to experiment and try a few things, that it won't be quite as hard as you think to really continue to improve your skill in Photoshop. Yes, it's a process. Yes, it takes time and it can be painful, but it can also just be so much fun with a program like Photoshop, especially if you give yourself permission to learn and permission to experiment. Well, that's it for this week. I am about to head off to my favorite event in the world. Photoshop World is coming up in Orlando. I'm heading there right after this to teach a few classes and meet lots of interesting people, all of whom use Photoshop. And while I'm there, I'll be interviewing some of my instructor friends for future episodes of Talking Shop. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at TalkingShop.show. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.